Hey there, my name is Rob. This is Filmstreak. And if you're new to Filmstreak, you're just checking this out, go to filmstreak.com. You can uh, find some other episodes there. You can subscribe if you're already listening. If you've been listening for a while and you kind of got the idea here, cool. Thanks. You know, thanks for checking it out. Thanks for doing that. If you're not, if this is new to you, uh, every week here on Filmstreak, every episode, I'll go through and recap some of the latest films I've been watching. Sometimes it's new, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's pretty old shit. Other times it's uh, something I've been meaning to watch for a long time and just never got around to it. And maybe it's even something that's a little random, a little bit uh, obscure and, and overlooked. And so I'm trying to mix it up here. Just, you know, the idea is that I watch so many movies, um, as you might be able to tell, and yet a lot of things uh, I always kind of come back to. You know, we always have our favorite things we always kind of watch over and over and we just enjoy. It's kind of like a comforting thing, right? And here it's like I'm I'm actually going out a little bit and watching some things I maybe just put off or maybe didn't really consider that serious of a of a thing to watch or, you know, I just never heard of before. And so not even sure I would be interested or not even sure I would enjoy it, but I'm trying it anyway. And so that's a big part of the idea here. And so, look, I've been doing this for 100 days in a row now. And uh, wasn't sure that I would really be able to do that, watch a new movie every day and, and see what happens. But uh, here we go. This is, I mean, look, we're triple digits now, boy. This is what it's all about. Film Streak is on the move. So let's keep it going. Number 100 on Film Streak, 50-50. And this is a film from 2011. It's directed by Jonathan Levine, stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen, Anna Kendrick. And I, you know... If you're not, if you don't know the premise of it, I mean, the movie's over 10 years old. You should know by now. But if you don't, that's okay. It's a comedy about a young guy who's just living and working in the city. And he gets diagnosed with this real kind of rare uh, form of cancer. And, you know, it's a look at what that kind of a thing happens, what that does to a person when that happens to them, that kind of a diagnosis, that kind of a of a moment in life, right? Like it can be really serious. It can be really heavy stuff, but at least this movie takes a, a little bit of a lighter look at it. Doesn't necessarily go into a, a lot of the, um, a lot of the harder aspects of it, of, of dealing with this kind of a diagnosis, but it does at least poke uh, uh, a little fun at it in a way. And it does even give you a little bit of a look at what's involved with like treatment and how you have to kind of change your life. And so in a, in a way it's, it's a little bit interesting. It's a little bit informative, but it's, it's more about entertaining. It's more about, you know, someone trying to maneuver through this and not just totally get bogged down by it. Cause if you're a young person and you're dealt with uh, this kind of news, dealing with this kind of a condition or illness or whatever, it can really just bring you down and, it can feel like the end of the world. And yet, you know, this film, it at least gives a, a it looks at it in a lighter way and it gives you some hope. And, and, and I guess that's the big thing is, um, you know, dealing with a, a serious illness. Um, you know, it, it, for me personally and, and people I've you know, known in life, it has happened. It's not unheard of. But um, to be able to say, well, you know, I'm going to try and make the best of it and and have some fun or, uh, you know, even throw caution to the wind and just see what happens. It's, it, it's part of it. it. It just happens that way sometimes. 
And so no matter how much you're supposed to maybe follow a certain plan or treatment or whatever, sometimes you want to just do your thing. And it's hard to, you know, find your way through that when those paths cross. So here is like, here's a look at, you know, a young guy and, and, and his friend and, and the people around him that are trying to do some things and, and still enjoy some parts of life, but it's, it's still a balance. And so, you know, ultimately I could say this is, this is a recommendation. I mean, especially if you're a young person and you're kind of dealing with something like this, um, not to say that this is like a how-to guide, but it does give you maybe a, a lighter a lighter look at what this can mean for, for someone going through this, you know, you don't necessarily have to, uh, um, feel so weighed down. And, you know, even if it is gravely serious, the thing you might be dealing with, uh, this film at least kind of shows you, uh, you can still have some fun and it's a struggle, but you'll still come out of it. You know, one way or the other, you'll still have something to appreciate about life or about the people around you, whatever. And so, yeah, I would say it's a recommendation. It's it's not necessarily like uh, in the vein of uh, a lot of the raunchier or, or or even like Apatow type comedies. I mean it it doesn't quite go to that level, but it is uh, but it is so entertaining in some ways. So um, that's a recommendation, I think, and that's um, that's number one hundred. That's fifty fifty. Now, let's keep this moving. Filmstreak is always on the move. So now we're at 101, and this is Keanu. And this was uh, directed by Peter Atencio. And um, the name for me is familiar because he, I think, was involved with a lot of Jordan and Peele. Um, Jordan and Peele, <laughs> the same guy, Key and Peele. And uh, there's TV show. Um, and, and, of course, this stars Jordan Peele and Keegan Michael Key and they are you know playing uh two you know just kind of average uh average suburban guys in a way that um you know the fact that they're they they're black it, it, it this film looks at what happens when they are thrown into a situation and an environment and around people that they are not familiar with and i say they're not familiar with in terms of they know they know what the game is but it's not a game that they play. So when they're thrown into like a kind of a criminal underworld, you know, they could make their way through it and they could, you know, talk the talk and all that stuff, but it's not something they're actually experienced with. So it's a lot of like, uh, it's a lot of like putting on a front for, for, you know, them trying to get through this situation. And it all, look, it all revolves around a little tiny little kitty cat that they're trying to find that uh, they believe was stolen from them, even though it wasn't theirs to begin with. And so the whole thing is kind of ridiculous in a way. I mean, the premise is just really, you know what? Here, here's what I'll say. This film was written by Jordan Peele and is directed in such a way that it feels very, it, 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 some parts of it feel like an action movie. Some parts of it just feel like a, just a straight, straight up comedy. And, then this whole premise and some of the characters in it, I, I just feel like this is a film that nobody else would make. And that's a good thing because it's entertaining. It's fun to watch. It's actually got a little bit of heart to it in, in a kind of weird, kooky way. And yet uh, I don't think anybody else would have made this film. Nobody else would have wrote this film or, or directed it the way it's directed or even performed in it the way these two guys perform 
you know, pull off these characters. I I just feel like this is a really unique one, especially the movie is titled after Keanu Reeves, who in a way is in the movie. Uh, so, you know, it's just something that it's so kind of off the wall and distinct in its approach to all this stuff that I, I was actually surprised by it. I didn't think it would be bad necessarily, but I didn't think it would be all that great either. And yet it is fun to watch. It is inventive in in a way. A lot of it is about a culture clash or, you know, I would even say there's a lot of like code switching in it when these two guys have to move from one environment to another and they have to, in the middle of whatever's happening, they have to talk to these characters that, you know, put on this face. And yet at the same time, they have to talk to each other and not lose themselves in these like uh, characters that they're, you know, putting together of a, uh, was it like a shark tank? And uh, oh, hell, I can't remember their names. It's just, it's just, it's wild. Okay. It's just a wild movie and it's fun, but um, it's a little bit of a surprise because I feel like after Key and Peele, these two guys, I thought they might roll this into more movies kind of like this. And yet this is so far has been just a one-off. You know, Jordan Peele has kind of gone his own way into making his movies and really kind of unsettling, disturbing, like uh, horror films in a way. And Keegan-Michael Key has gone on to do other comedies and, and more like independent stuff. And I, I just, I, it's good to see these two guys still doing this kind of thing, even though it's been some time since this movie came out, but like they didn't like just lose it and just cut it all, you know, uh, off once their TV show ended. So if you like that flavor that they brought in the TV show, this is certainly more of that in a way, but it's, it's kind of beyond that also. So it's a, it's a recommendation for me. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's good for a few pretty solid laughs at least. So, um, I give it that. And, um, that's Keanu. That's 101. All right. Now we're going to keep this moving. I tell you, man, the film streak is just getting faster and faster. Uh, let's keep it moving. All right. Uh, 102. This is Grandma's Boy. And this is from 2006. And for me personally, you know, this was an interesting look at, um, actually an interesting look back at some elements of gamer culture and gaming itself and and how those things intersect with someone just trying to live a regular life. And yet, you know, the main character in here, his name is Alex. He's 35 years old and he works as a game tester for a game development company. And, you know, by all measures, I think, from what I can tell, that's too old to be doing that. You're a grown man. Why are you doing that? Right. But, that's kind of where this character finds himself. And part of it, is, I mean, it becomes clear, like this is kind of his situation. He made this for himself. Like he's just, you know, just cool with hanging out, getting high, playing video games. And that's it. And you can ride on that for so long, but there's a point where you got to grow up. You got to make some changes. You got to do some things with your life. And so Here's a story of, you know, him kind of, uh, he gets kicked out of his apartment. He has to move in with his grandmother and her friends or roommates or whatever is a real questionable situation, but you know, Hey, whatever. And yet at the same time, you've got other elements, other like stories of 
the company he works at and the games that are being developed there. And then just the like gamer bros that are just hanging out and taking shots at each other all the time and just not really, you know, not really focused on living life either. They're just living in the gamer culture. And, you know, if you ever played video games or maybe you play video games now, you know that there are elements that are real, you know, real problematic in some ways, you know, real toxic in some ways. And, uh, I, you know, look at, in 2006, it wasn't really identified as that. It was just as more like, uh, you know, just bros being bros or whatever. Now it's a lot more obvious, like what, what the harmful, like consequences of that kind of thing are. And so here seeing it in portrayed in really kind of a more, I guess, a more innocent way, like inconsequential, like, you know, these guys are assholes to each other. And yet everybody seems to be okay with it. And even like the, 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 you know, Linda Cardellini plays uh, an, a, an employee for this game development company that's trying to keep the projects on track and all that stuff. And there's some real, like, you know, there's some real questionable things that are said to her and done and, and all that stuff. And it's like, I guess we just didn't identify it as like that kind of a problem back then, even though this is 15 years ago, maybe, but uh, it's clearly become a thing where it's easily identifiable as a problem now. And so look, if you're going to watch it through that lens, eh, you might have a little bit of a hard time. Otherwise, if you're familiar with this and maybe you were even of this era of gaming or just popular culture, there's a lot of references to things that, you know, whether it's movies or music or whatever, you know, this early 2000s, mid 2000s era, um, you know, you might pick up on a lot. There's actually like a lot of little Easter eggs in it, even just visually and 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 uh, some of the choices that are, you know, that you see on screen. Um, so, uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting look back, but it is also, it, in a way, it's kind of a, a lighter look at what this type of world is like. And yet, uh, at the same time, I mean, it's all just a gag. I mean, it's all just, it's just a it's just a straight up ra- raunchy R rated comedy, and it just happens to be, um, it just happens to be revolving around video games and that type of world. So, I got to give her props for being like really early to the game in in the sense of, you know, I feel like there are things that have come after this that are kind of taking on same kind of thing um uh, whether it's movies or tv shows that kind of you know find its way into like gaming environments or gaming culture or whatever you know whether it's something like as high concept as like ready player one or something like um free guy or something like that more recent stuff is trying to find other ways to get into this sort of subject matter, I guess, but the here was one that was really early on and it doesn't, I guess it doesn't take place in a video game. It's not none of that bullshit, but it is about the people like behind the games and just kind of weird kind of, um, really eccentric things that can happen to them in their lives. So I don't know. That's, you know, that's a lot of talk about this movie. That's just wild. Okay. And it's fun. It's, it's definitely a fun look at all this stuff, but, uh, it's nothing too serious. So, you know, if you're into games, this might be right up your alley. This might even give you a, a, a little more context about where games have come in the last 15 or 20 years or whatever. 
if you're not into games, if that's like something that's not even in your, it's not on your radar, this movie probably won't make a lot of sense. Uh, and even these characters and what they do and what they think, it won't make any sense. So, yeah, it's a real like a, it's a real at your own risk recommendation. Okay, caveat emptor and all that shit. Right? It's like. If this is your thing, this movie might be your thing. If it's not, this movie is not. Just, all right, just leave it at that, okay? All right, so let's keep this moving, all right? Number 103, this is Jeff, who lives at home. And this is from 2011, and this is uh, written and directed by Mark and Jay Duplass. And uh, these guys have really, you know, they, they started out, I if I remember right, well, I guess like the mid two thousands, early two thousands, um, and I, I guess kind of became um, they became synonymous with this uh, what they used to call I don't know if it's still called that anymore, but like mumblecore type of filmmaking or storytelling where it's very natural, very loose, very relaxed, and almost improvised in a way. Um, Filmmaking, the the style of filmmaking was nothing too polished or refined. It was just very kind of uh, almost documentary-like. And, you know, to me, that was really interesting to watch, that how that progressed and how it went from really tiny independent films into slightly more, increasingly more uh, polished and, and higher budgeted projects. Not, nothing wild, nothing crazy. You know, we're not talking about Marvel's territory here, but still something that was beyond where it began. And so to see a project like this, which uh, was an, another step in that process, um, you know, there, there's Jason Siegel and Ed Helms. They play two brothers, Pat and Jeff, who lives at home. And uh, these are two guys that are, you know, at an age where, they're facing problems in their lives that one is maybe gone too far and overreached in his life with his, his marriage and, you know, different responsibilities that he's trying to handle. And yet the other Jeff is, has not reached very far at all and is more focused on just hanging out and just chilling, you know, getting high and watching the movie signs and looking for some meaning, <laughs> looking for signs basically. And I, you know, it, it, it's kind of the dichotomy of like, well, which is right. And then it seems like neither is right. And yet how this affects all the people around them and, and their search for purpose and direction and all that stuff. And, you know, it is a comedy. It does have some kind of silly elements to it and some really interesting, uh, uh, I guess like set pieces or, or um, sequences to it. Um, but also it is really a, a kind of a quiet, uh, more intimate look at this kind of stuff, which, um, and, and, and it does have that natural, just very loose feel to it still. You know, it does feel like some of these scenes are just kind of happening as the cameras are rolling. Like this, this might not even be, have been written. Right. But it clearly is. It clearly is a, a developed and produced, you know, project. And so I just don't know that it really, it doesn't go for the laughs. You know, it's it's not a movie. There's not a style that does that. It's not like, um, 
you know, it's not like some of the other movies on this episode where you can tell that it's going for the laughs. It, it is putting the laughs right up front, right on the screen and it, making it, making no bones about it. Like this is the funny part right now. And so here, the, the, this is one of those, look, this is one of those movies where, <laughs> you know, you kind of laugh to yourself, like a real tiny little laugh. So little baby laughs, you know, the <laughs> see, I, you know, is that a comedy? Yes, it's a comedy. Is it the same kind of comedy as some of the other movies? No, it's not. But at least if you get a few of those, <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> then it worked. Okay. I think that's what they were going for. And look, that's a different type of comedy. It's a different type of humor. But for some people, that's their jam. That's that's what they're about. Others, they want the ones where they're, you know, laughing out loud, rolling in the seats or whatever. And so this might be more your style. It's not really my style too much. I mean, I enjoy it, but it's something that uh, it's something that it's more thought provoking, which is fine. It's good. But it's not as just wildly entertaining. So um, for me, I, I think, unfortunately, it's the past. I, you know, I, I don't really have any interest in watching it again, let's say. And even for some part of the running time, I wasn't all that engaged with it. You know, I just kind of was following it along and understanding what was happening. But, you know, the that type of humor and that type of style... I get the, <laughs> but I just, uh, it's not enough for me, I think. So that's Jeff who lives at home. Um, check it out if you can, if, you, if you're interested in that. And um, some streak moves on, All right? 104 now. Here's the movie I'm talking about. Here's the type of movie I'm talking about. Because there are... Maybe a few of those little tiny baby laughs in this movie, but a lot of them are the big grown-up laughs, okay? The laughs that uh, you can't control yourself with, okay? The laughs that it might even, you might even roll a little tear, okay? Because it's just too much. And look, to just look at it on paper or like look at the, the, the poster or whatever, you might think, well, wow, this just looks ridiculous, you know what? Sometimes that's what the best comedy is. This is 104. This is Soul Plane. Now, this is a movie from 2004. And so it's definitely got some age on it, but not too much. Because it's funny that this must be the earliest film that I can think of. I've never seen this before, but I do remember hearing about it and, and like seeing a trailer for it, I, I think, at back then in the 2004 you know, time period where I knew this was a movie. I didn't know Kevin Hart was in it. And also 2004, I didn't know who Kevin Hart was. And that's just me. But I think that's probably a lot of people. You know, I, I think for many people, 2004 was Kevin Hart before he was Kevin Hart. And so now looking back, you can say, well, look, here's one of the one of the highest profile, most popular comedians or comedic actors today. Here's him in a movie, what, almost 15 years ago. And so, no, almost 20 years ago. So go figure, right? It's like, this dude's been around. He's been doing it. And he's the star of the movie. He's the main character in the movie. 
It's not like, you know, not like 40-year-old virgin where he's like in one scene. He's the main character in this movie. And yet there are a lot of characters. There's probably, you know, a dozen characters in this movie, but he's kind of top top build in, in a way. I think Tom Arnold is actually top build. But, you know, where's Tom Arnold now? I don't, I don't, he's not starring in any movies. He's not really the star of this movie either. That's Kevin Hart. That's my guy. He's in it. And he plays he plays the range, which is really interesting to see because I feel like a lot of movies he does kind of play either himself or like one note or, or just a couple of notes. But here he plays a guy who he has like a disastrous flight experience at the beginning of the movie. Um, he sues the, the, the airline that he's on. He wins like $100 million, some crazy amount of money in some kind of settlement or whatever. And he turns around and he starts his own airline and he's going to do it his way. He's going to do it, you know, in a way that makes sense for him. And, and honestly, it's like a way he's doing it for black people. And so it's very tailored to that certain tastes, certain styles, whatever. And so this is where, you know, the, the hypothetical becomes reality in a way of like, what would happen if we took like an institution or some system or some part of infrastructure or whatever of our society and refashioned it and tailored it for a different part of our culture. And like, I mean, that's really like really high minded way to put it, but it's basically what this is. And because it also allows them to, to throw in some, some commentary and throw in some satire and really poke the finger in, in the eyes of, corporate America or just, you know, white America or uh, even honestly, like even some aspects of black culture, like why, do, why is this shit like this? You know? So, but it also, you know, it also does stretch any bounds of uh, believability in, in a way, it even stretches the laws of physics. Like this airplane has like a whole ass nightclub in it, like just with a full dance floor and, and lights and all kinds of stuff and, and a bar and, it's got restaurants. It's got everything in it. I'm like, this one airplane got all this, but okay, that's how we're doing it. But it's really about these characters and just how like they're all kind of crossing paths. They're all from different walks of of life, different parts of the culture, and all that. And Tom Arnold and this, it, Tom Arnold and his family, they're in this. They're it's like the only four white people in this whole movie, which is funny. It's an interesting look at how that reversal plays, you know, because it's not about, you know, there's no, uh, there's no hatred in it. There's no like anger or, or malice in it. Right. It's, it's just about they're there. They don't understand what is happening. And yet they're in a way, they're still welcome there. They're still part of the, of the flight, you know, this one particular flight, they're not like uh, outcasts or, you know, separated or, or any of the, You know, all the things that I feel like would have been, unfortunately, would have probably been acceptable if it were the other way around, like the way it is now, right? But in this movie, everything's reversed and it's showing that, hey, you know, white folks welcome too. You know, it's it's not a problem. But it does take a little bit of like a learning curve there of like who who's down with what and who's understanding what. And so once they, everybody gets on the same page, it's all good. 
And so then it's just more about like all the silly shit that these people get into. And it's weird because you think, well, it's one flight. They're all on an airplane. Nobody's going anywhere. So how's this going to work? But it's just enough of the, the different types of characters and the different things that all these different characters are trying to do or that they want out of this flight or they want out of whatever the situation is. I, I just feel like it's really an interesting exercise in this type of comedy because it feels a little bit like there's it goes into airplane territory, you know, where it's it's a little bit poking fun at um, how people react in a closed setting like this where they're all forced to either work together or, you know, uh, kind of follow the same rules and all that. And like nobody wants to, nobody's interested in that. But, uh, I, uh, this is one that I actually really enjoyed. And look, you can forget about how kind of cheesy it looks or corny or whatever. I mean, it was made in 2004 and some of it looks like it was made in 2004, but otherwise it's more about the, the characters and, and kind of the, the the heart and even some of the silliness that they bring to it you know when snoop dog is the captain of the flight <laughs> you you know it's going to be a trip right bam got it all right so that's 104 that's so plain that's actually a recommendation it's just a fun light movie that uh looking back now uh, you know it's really surprised to see kevin hart in this role but also he does it he does the work man he gets it done so that's uh that's soul plain all right. Now let's move on to this one. This is one that, um, in maybe in the same vein as Soul Plane, um, number 105 is Friday After Next. And that's from 2002. And in a way, this is a movie that I actually avoided, if you can believe it or not, because look, I, I love the first Friday. To me, that's like, that's a classic. I mean, I went to see Friday on the opening day, on Friday, and I was the only one in the theater, and I thought, oh, this is a movie just for me, because nobody else knows about this, or nobody else understands what this is, or nobody else nobody else is going to find this for, like, another couple of weeks. And I, I honestly think a lot of people didn't really find it until it came out on video, you know, on, like, home video, DVD, or whatever. And yet, Friday is a movie that I think it was 1995 that came out. And to this day, or at least, you know, more recently, what, maybe 20, almost 25 years later, people still say a line from that movie that it has really no consequential meaning to the story. It's just a line in the movie by Felicia. People still say that. And I'm like, that's, you know, something about your movie worked when that kind of thing happens, right? So for me, Friday is one of those. It's like up there, okay? Top, at the very top of the list of, of comedies of all time. That, that's where I put it. Now to say next Friday, which was a sequel to it, it has some good moments and it introduced some new characters and, and a whole different location and all that. But halfway through that movie, it just kind of, it, I don't know, runs out of steam. I, I just... I didn't really care after that. You know, it wasn't even about, you know, the, 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 the vatos next door and like how that all kind of rolled into some other kinds of stereotypes. Uh, you know, whatever. I don't, that's not even, that's not even a problem. It's just that the, the, the film itself just felt like it was just, I don't know, it, it ran out of gas. It just kind of, uh, rolled to a stop at some point. 
So here, when we had the third one, Friday after next, I really thought, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just hedge my bets and just pass. You know, I just felt like I'm good with the first one. The second one, I can watch some parts of it and be okay with it and find it fun to watch. But here, uh, I just, nah, no thanks. And so now, finally catching up after 20 years, I'm realizing like that was probably a mistake. And I could understand how a lot of people probably made that mistake, you know? Um, but here watching it now, it's weird because I'm watching and, and this Friday after next, it's a Christmas theme movie. It takes place, you know, I guess Christmas time. There's a Santa, there's a thief dressed as Santa that's running around throughout the whole movie. The whole opening animated credit sequence is Christmas theme. And I mean, I'm watching it here in April, so it's a little it's a little hard to kind of make that work in my head, I guess. But still, I can see now maybe what they were going for. And I can see that this actually it even brings more characters into the story and changes the setting again. And yet it feels, you know, for the entire runtime, I was with it. I was down. I was just kind of rolling with each scene and, and seeing how it all played out. And it it still kind of feels like the same vibe as the first two movies in the sense that it's not just one complete story. It's kind of uh, little episodes, little vignettes of these characters getting into this situation and these characters doing that. And then this and that, and it just kind of leapfrogs each other until you get to a place or a part where things start to converge. Right. It's, it's not unheard of. Right. So here just seeing how, I don't know. It felt a little more refined. It felt a little more polished and it just felt sharper. It had a little more of an edge to it than the last movie, the second movie. So here I actually enjoyed this, man. I mean, Craig and Day Day is just fun to see them again. You know, I always wish Smokey was back in town, but whatever, you know, homeboys in rehab, I guess. But here at least <laughs> it was interesting to watch these guys get into more you know, these crazy situations and just seeing all the characters they got to deal with. I mean, it is really like a, it's, it's just, it's just a rolling, like a, a circus of people rotating in and out and they're having to deal with this and push that off and bring that in. And I mean, it's a lot and it's fun. It's definitely fun. It's definitely a movie to just hang out and just, you know, kick back and, and just, you know, enjoy it. So Friday after next, that's one that I could really recommend and in a surprising way, because I really thought this is one that I'm going into it. I, I'm going to watch it and I'm just going to give it a chance. And here I, I really think this was I, look, honestly, I think this was better than uh, next Friday. It's not going to beat the first one, but it, it this feels more like a real sequel to Friday, the, the first movie. And yet, you know, uh, introducing Day Day and. You know, all the other characters that come with him and his family, that that has to happen. So I guess the second movie's got to fit in there somewhere. But this just feels more in the same. It's got the same vibes as the first movie. So Friday after next, that's a recommendation for me. I'm down with it. Check that one out for sure. I think I saw it on like HBO Max or, or somewhere. But I mean, you can get it anywhere. It's 20 years old. It's available. So check it out. All right, so now this is our last one for this episode, but uh, let me just say these last two movies, uh, Soul Plane and Friday After Next, these are ones that I really, I'm kind of 
you know, I'm kind of embarrassed. I never watched them before in a way. Cause it's, I, I feel like I, I feel like I, I want to see movies that are relevant at the time and seeing a movie like 20 years too late. I, you know, Hey, I just, uh, I'm late to the party. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'm here. Okay. So keep that in mind with some of these movies. And, and I'm trying to keep it in mind is like, I'm watching some of these movies, not because I necessarily think they're going to be great or, you know, I'm watching them because they might be relevant now and I might miss it. And I might, you know, I might come back 10, 20 years later and realize, Oh, huh, I had a chance to watch it and I didn't watch it. And so here, number 106, this is one of those movies. And this is 106. This is The Beach Bomb. And this is written and directed by Harmony Corinne. It stars Matthew McConaughey. It stars uh, Isla Fisher, Snoop Dogg. Who uh, who else is in this? Um, I'm drawing a blank right now. Snoop, uh, Snoop Dogg. Martin Lawrence is in this. Um, Zac Efron is in this. <clears throat> it's just a strange cast. And look, I mean, the cast is just the beginning, okay? This is a really recent movie. It's from 2019. And yet... This film feels like it could have been made 20, 30 years ago, and it would have played out the same exact way. This is really strange. Like, there's like a timelessness to this, this story and these characters. Um, I can appreciate that it's made now, but nothing about these characters says this is happening today, or even the settings necessarily. So... Uh, you know, okay, let me back up. Basically, this film is about uh, a man who is um, just kind of living in the Key West uh, territory or area or whatever. You know, what's that called? Florida Keys? Yeah, right? That's where he is at, okay? And he just kind of roams around, just hangs out, does the nightlife thing, just, you know, pops up at little bars and, you know, just roaming around the streets and just living on a boat, on the water, and very free soul kind of vibes, right? And yet it's it's revealed in the film that, you know, oh, he was once a successful writer and he came into a lot of money. He married a woman who was also very wealthy or, or you know, kind of handles the wealth. And so he just kind of goes off and does this thing and occasionally comes back into society, into civilization and, you know, dabbles with normalcy in a way and uh and yet doesn't really find interest in it doesn't find comfort in it and so he always just kind of finds his way back out into the world and into the wild in a way and so you know i think this was kind of marketed and and positioned as a comedy but i mean it's not a comedy like the other films that I've talked about so far. It does have some funny moments. It does have some humor to it, you know, especially when Martin Lawrence shows up and I'm just like, Oh, look at that. It's Marty Marl. But at the same time, it, he's only in it for like 15 minutes. And it's a very specific thing. It's very, very specific role that he plays in the film. And so it's not entirely humorous, you know, but, you can see that's Martin there. And that's where I feel like little moments like that of comedy pop in and out. But really, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. This movie is kind of sad. I mean, it's just about a guy who 
doesn't have direction. He has talent and he has maybe even like genius level talent, but he doesn't use it in a way that is the most productive. And, you know, maybe that's what the story is trying to comment on is that talent doesn't necessarily mean you're a, uh, a prolific person, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you just don't have a mind to use it in that way, to be the most talented, the most prolific, the most productive, whatever, is it wasted? Or is that just what comes with the territory? Or, you know, are you forcing yourself to do something? You know, and I, that's what I mean. Like, this is just all heavier, deeper questions and, and themes that... I wasn't looking for in this comedy. And so, because it's not really a comedy, right? And also, you know, the fact that Matthew McConaughey, he's already got such a persona and such a presence that there are parts here where you know who you're watching and you know the situations that are filmed very, they feel like they're improvised and very loosely put together. And even some of the people in the film around him, you feel like, do they know what's happening? That's how that's how loose it feels. It feels some of it just feels very improvised. And you 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 have to think in a way, it's like, well, they probably only got away with doing this because everybody involved in this scene or whatever knows that this is Matthew McConaughey and they're gonna forgive him being really eccentric or really saying some maybe inappropriate things or or out of hand or whatever. And uh and yet at other times it's like it does it does really walk that line of being transformative where you know there's just enough off about this guy of Moondog, right? That in some ways you see Matthew McConaughey there and others and other moments, other scenes or whatever. It it's like that's not Matthew McConaughey. It looks kinda like him, but that's not him, right? And so it, it's, it actually does it pretty well, but at the same time, it is a distraction because you're not necessarily paying attention to what is actually happening in the scene. You're just looking at how are people reacting to this guy versus maybe what is he doing or what's the purpose, like what's driving this. So it, to me, it's almost more of an exercise. You know, it's an experiment in a way. And and look, and it's Harmony Corinne, so I can't say that that's un you know, unexpected. I mean, that is part of, I think, his style of filmmaking and storytelling is it does feel loose. It does feel experimental. It does feel maybe even um, dangerous in a way. So here, uh, you know, plus also, come on, bro. I mean, dude looks like he smells like shit. I mean, give this man a bath or something. Like, it's just a thing, okay? And I wish it wasn't so much like that. But Hey, look, no matter what, this is an interesting one to watch. I felt like this would be important to watch it now, right? Because maybe there's something relevant to it now. And I don't want to come back in five years and watch this and realize, oh, I kind of missed the wave on this one, right? Well, I don't know that I did. And I don't know that I was ever at risk of that happening because this movie, like I said, it it feels timeless in a way. And it feels like I could watch this in 10 years and still get the same thing out of it. And nothing feels like it's tied to right now. So in a way, that's good. 
In a way, that's good because you can watch this at your leisure, okay? Just, you know, hey, just hang back, just ride the wave and just groove out to it, man. As Moondog might say, I guess. But, you know, if this is your vibe, this is worth your time. If you feel like this kind of free soul, uh, you know, way of living doesn't make sense to you, you're going to want to pass because that is all this movie is. It just kind of rolls from one thing to the next and just, hey, whatever happens, happens, man. Right. So that is 106. That is the beach bum. And um, that's it for this episode. That's it for this week, at least. There'll be more next week, more in the next episode. I'm going to do um, I'm actually going to do an interesting run for the next episode. I've already got it thought out this time. And um, it'll be an interesting one for sure, because it's all about one person who has done so many interesting and remarkable projects that uh, that also just kind of fell off. And so let's catch up. Let's see what happened to this person and, and see where they are now. So that's all I can give you for next week. Okay. In the meantime, Hey, this is film streak. If you want to hear other episodes, go to filmstreak.com. You can subscribe there. Uh, Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify podcast, all the podcast podcasts, all those things. And, you know, in the meantime, we finally hit triple digits. So we're moving into big territory, right? We're leveling up. But in the meantime, stay safe, stay cool, and keep watching movies. <laughs>